Hello and welcome to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Nicola and we're just two friends from different continents who connected online and as kindred spirits, even though we agree to disagree on some topics. Join us for no holds barred conversations as we demonstrate that you don't have to agree on everything, but can still be friends. So welcome back to a brand new episode with me. And a brand new year. And a brand new year, yes. Yes, lots of new things. So today it's me and Angel and we thought we would talk about how if humanity is to move forward, we need a change in consciousness and to explore that and how, for me, I think as well, it's about having a shift in mindset. So where would you like to start? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I do just want to say, like we were just talking about before we hit record, this may be kind of a long and windy path that we take through this topic, but, um, you know, we'll just circle around it and play with it and see where it goes. And who knows? Who Mm. knows where we'll end up? And that's part of the fun, right? Yeah. I think Um, one of the things that I started contemplating in terms of needing a mindset shift was when people were talking about climate change and I think we may have mentioned that in an earlier episode um because I think you know they they do a lot of legal stuff and laws and um charging businesses money for this that and the other to do with minimizing the impact on the planet but I think until we have a real mindset shift people are not that invested in it. They might do things like recycling and all that sort of stuff, but I think there's something bigger is needed to really make that shift. So that was what started me thinking about the whole mindset. And I think it is just one element of shifting our consciousness, because if we shift our consciousness in one area, then we kind of automatically have to shift our consciousness in other areas as well so you might just focus on one thing like climate change but it starts impacting everything else um but yeah I think that's I think that's probably where we're heading as well I think people are changing the way they view the world um certainly a lot of things that I read and just sometimes throw away comments people are looking at things from a different perspective. I hope so. I really do. I hope that that's true. And, you know, we've talked about this before, you and I, and then also, I know we've at least mentioned it on a previous episode or two, but um, I felt since I was a teenager, I just, I had this knowing that that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a change in human consciousness because laws are not going to change people's minds and hearts. You have to get to their, their, kind of innermost being because even when there's a law that's in place there's people that get around it there's people that want to get around it and try to get around it and above it over whatever and and do whatever they want to do anyway and so that doesn't really ultimately change things and you know what when you said climate change the first thing I thought um 
my husband and I watched this movie last week, I think it was. It's called Don't Look Up. Yes. Yeah, we've watched it. Did you see it? Oh yeah. my god, what did you think? It was well, it was very interesting. I think it was a bit of a commentary on what's been happening over the last couple of years, but also yes. specifically climate change. Yes. The the way that people just didn't engage with it and how, you know, Meryl Streep the the only interest she had was in making her career go better and right. she was all her decisions were political and I, I suspect and you know I'm sure it's a commentary on that that a lot of decisions are made not for the good of mankind but for who's paying the most money and shareholders and investments and all that sort of stuff and I think you know that's why we need to move to a different sort of mindset because as long as we're entrenched in the current mindset there really isn't that appetite for things to change and yeah it was very interesting um it was there were times when it kind of made me really cringe and um you know there were there were moments where you could just see how these situations play out in the real world as well yes yeah absolutely um the the newscasters like they made me crazy the newscasters that whole pop star drama thing like I watched all that and that those are the things that made me cringe I was just like oh my god and it's because that's that's real yeah yeah we prioritize those things so many of us get caught up in that stupid bullshit and prioritize that over real things that have a real impact but just because it's not like immediately in our face right now so many of us feel like oh we can just we'll we'll deal with that later it's not it's not imminent so it's not Mm -hmm. a priority and it's like well (laughs) until it is you know and then it's too late yeah and I think it's that someday never kind of mentality um but I, I think as well I think we almost need a shift in consciousness for people to have a sense that they've got this connection with the world, the planet, the natural world, that we're all connected to each other. Um, And I think, you know, if you, if you look at the way politics has evolved and um, that our whole lives are framed, we've been disconnected very much from our intuition and our sense of the world around us. And until we reconnect with that, we're not invested in the process. We're not invested in wanting to do anything about climate change. I know intellectually, a lot of people probably are, and they're concerned about it and they, you know, do things. But until we have a real shift in consciousness across the whole planet, I think it becomes very difficult. Well, and I think we need to feel it. I, I, yeah. I kind of sense like you were going in that direction with, with what you were saying, but like until we have a more visceral feeling and connection, you know, with each other and we see ourselves as part of nature. I hear so many people say things like, 
I need to get out into nature. And I get that. I get the sentiment and what they're saying. And at the same time, that too makes me cringe a little bit because it's like, by saying that, you're stating that you are separate from nature. Yeah. And you're not. You can't ever be. So even things like that, we we show how we feel by the use, you know, the, the words that we choose to use in day-to-day life kind of thing. But yeah. Until we get that really visceral feeling of, like, until you're driving down the road and you see garbage and just crap on the side of the road and it makes you feel something in your body, we're not connected enough. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think as well, when you've got people who say, I need to get into nature, they're probably experiencing that sort of primal instinct to reconnect. Because I think we all feel it, but we don't necessarily know what it is. And I probably had it for a long time without really understanding what being in nature did for me and what a difference it made. But I just felt like I need to be outside and I need to be among trees and see green. So I think there's some sort of natural urge, but people don't necessarily understand why or what it's for. Well, and we're so separated. I think you were saying this too earlier. I think about earthing. Um, And the way that I understand earthing is basically it can be as simple as walking outside barefoot. Just feet, you know, skin to ground, skin to mama. And even something like that, you think back to our early days before we were so separated. I mean, now, for example, most of us, our shoes have rubber that keep us, or some kind of, um, I keep wanting to say the word fabric, fabrics, the, the, some kind of material that actually stops that energy from kind of flowing freely between us and the earth. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't always like that. And even things like that, I feel like it's just, and, you know, I'm not going to start any kind of conspiracy thing or whatever. And, and who knows whether it was intentional or not. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I feel like over time, those things have been removed from our day-to-day life. We just don't have those same experiences like we used to. And I feel like, too, that's removing our power mm. in a way, in a real way. Yeah. You know? I th- I think there's probably a combination of factors. I think there probably is an intentional um, process that has happened to disconnect us. But I think there's also an evolutionary process that goes on. Because um, if you look at some of... I mean, I, I read a load of stuff about, you know, calendars and phases, the Mayan calendar and... Yeah. That different sort, all that sort of stuff, and according to that, and I think it's true, we're at the end of a cycle, and we're coming to the start of a new cycle, which is why people are awakening to a new way of life and a different way of thinking, and seeing the whole world from a different perspective. I think, you know, we're we're heading back to a point where we probably would spend more time grounding, spend more time in nature because we understand that. But I think the cycle says that we go through a process where 
we're really connected and we're in a golden age, but then we become disconnected and it's, mm-hmm. it's a flow. Um, and we're coming back now to flow into a more golden age where we can experience these things more. We can be reconnected to nature, to ourselves, to us as a species and understanding that we, we are all, all one. I get so excited to hear anytime this part of the topic comes up, I just get so excited. I think I do. I think we've talked about this before. I've at least mentioned it to you. I read that book years ago by Starhawk. Mm. Um, I think it's called the fifth sacred thing. Right. And it wasn't a utopian book by any means. In fact, I think it was more kind of a dystopian book, but some of the elements within the book just made me feel like the way that they used crystals as part of their technology, you know, which we're also already doing. And most people don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were using it in a very, very different way. And, you know, just things like that and how open they were within society and how, um, they lived kind of in little villages together and everybody kind of, um, worked together to support Mm. the the village as the whole, you know, just these kinds of elements. I always think about that book and I always think about what would life be like if we lived that way? Yeah. And if we were really connected in all kinds of ways with each other and with the planet, if we lived more like, every other species on this freaking planet lives, you know, if we lived more in tune and in balance with everything else and with each other, like I just, and I know that it wouldn't be perfect. I, you know, I don't think we're ever going to have a utopia. I don't think people can, I think we need challenges to, to continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that we, it could just be so, fun and so interesting and so I don't know just magical really that's what I want to say I feel like it could be so much more magical Mm. than it is if we really were deeply connected if we recognized and used our intuition on a daily basis and not just some of us but like humanity acknowledging that yes this is in fact a thing and yes this is another tool that we have do you know what I mean yeah well, I think we've got lots of tools that we just have no connection with. And I think, you know, as you become more aware of your own consciousness and you awaken, some of these things start coming back online. So yeah. if if humanity is more connected and more conscious, then a lot of these things automatically start well, coming back online and start being tools that you can use. Yeah. But I think a lot as well about, and I think, you know, now is a good time because, um, you know, we've gone through the last two years and so many people talk about they want to get back to normal. And I never think that you can go back to normal. And this is giving us an opportunity to actually create the kind of world that we want to live in. And, you know, I know we've got manifesting as one of the topics for a future podcast. And it's kind of manifesting what we want. It's thinking, you know, what sort of immediate world do you want to live in? And what sort of wider world do you want to live in? 
and you start with yourself and create this little world of your own and then it sort of it ripples out as more people start doing that as well so I think we have a huge opportunity to think how do we want to live I love that and there was something else that you said that I wanted to to come up but I don't want to forget this either and I think I've already forgotten that (laughs) (laughs) um so let's do you want to dive into like what does that even mean like what does the change in consciousness mean or look like and what what are we talking about with like the manifesting it in your own little kind of corner of the world well I think you have to make decisions about what sort of life you want and for me one of the big things is your inputs so I think we've said before you know I've not watched the news oh I can't even remember when I stopped watching the news we don't have a tv license here in the UK so we don't watch television we watch you know things on Netflix and stuff like that but we don't we choose what we want to watch and we curate what we're watching and I've become more careful about curating what I see on social media, what I see on Twitter. Um, And I very deliberately do that now. And I think when you start managing your inputs, it changes your energy because you're not watching things that are bringing you down. And it's not to say that you don't know what's going on in the world, but you're not having it relentlessly thrown at you every day. Right. And it, inundated by it. Yeah, and it makes you feel so much better. You kind of create a little bubble for yourself without just sort of sitting in glorious isolation, but you're protecting your own energy. And mm-hmm. I think we have to start there because if our energy is not great, which kind of leads into the whole vibration and emotion that you're living from you you've got to sort of have all that in balance otherwise you're not creating a positive world and I suppose it's about you know the creation is creating a positive world that supports you in what you want to do and as a result it helps support other people so like for you for example doing Rooted Mystic if you're coming from your best self the people that work with you get the benefit of that best self whereas if you're not coming from that then you're not passing on the best that you can to other people and it's that ripple effect that we create so yeah I think in you know curating your inputs is a really big one for me um, because it determines how you feel immediately and it has a really big impact on you yeah I agree with all of that I noticed that too and I know we've talked about this before but during the 2016 election cycle I or no wait I'm sorry no it was 2020 it wasn't I wasn't as bad with it for 2016 but 2020 I was really um super like I was I got back on Twitter. I was following all and only political stuff. Um, I was checking the news all the time. I signed up for newsletters. I mean, you name it, I was doing it. Hmm. And I noticed 
my mental health and my emotional well-being just sink like a stone. Um, and thankfully, I caught it. I became aware of it. And even though there was a part of me that was clinging to it because it was, I felt like it was making me feel safe to know, it clearly, in reality, wasn't. It was making mm. me feel more panicked. You know, so I cut all of it off. I just, I stopped all of it, literally. <laughs> yeah. Stopped Twitter. I stopped the email. I don't check the news. I haven't since then. Um, you know, same thing with all of that. But the other thing for me that I wanted to bring up was um, having, and, and, you know, it's different for me because I haven't been working for the past year. So, but I do, I do still believe that there are ways for, for almost anybody to do this, even if it takes a little bit longer or it's done in small ways. But for me, having space and having time to just unplug from everything for a little bit and allow myself to start hearing myself again, first and foremost, Yeah, you know, and a lot of people do that through meditation, through walking, through exercise, through writing, through art. There's all kinds of different ways that you can get to that and access it probably as many different ways as there are people. But, um, I realized as I did that more and more through the year, I was more and more open to reconnecting to the parts of myself that I have forgotten over the years. And as I've done that, I feel more whole. I feel stronger. I feel more in and of myself, which that is impacting my energy. Like you were talking about earlier, that is having a domino effect on other people mm. around me and on the things that I'm doing because my energy feels so much stronger and cleaner and clearer yeah. and just more who I am. And have you ever noticed it's the people that are so much themselves that we're most attracted to? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Physically, right? Yeah. Just And what they do and, and what and how they talk and. It's those people that are just so real, so unapologetically themselves and so just like, hey, this is me. Here I am. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Love it or hate it. I've the people we're drawn to. I've always been massively drawn to people that I've called mavericks. And I think it's the reason why I've been drawn to them is because they just are fully embodied and they're fully themselves and it's kind of you know they just don't give a toss it's like this is how I live this is what I do and yes this is me that's it um so yeah I've that's been a oh a lifelong thing for me um but you said something that I just wanted to go back to you said about you know you unplug and you start hearing your own voice and I think when you're having you're not curating your inputs and you're having all this input that isn't really positive, it's very hard to hear your own voice. So Mm -hmm. if you want to kind of raise your consciousness, it becomes very hard because you haven't got that clarity. You've not got that, that space to just clear your energy and tap into yourself because you've got this relentlessness kind of hammering your head all the time and mm-hmm. um I think you know with there there were so many times over the past two years I've said to Chris oh I'm just so glad that I don't work in an office because it's 
it's very hard when you're in an office and people are talking often about the same topic um, to distance yourself from it. Um, But, I mean, I used to try not to get involved with things because if it wasn't going to make me feel good, I just wouldn't engage in the conversation. I'd either change the topic or I'd, you know, go somewhere else. So I think, you know, you can have strategies to deal with it, but I think you've just got to be really aware and sort of disciplined as well about it to help yourself. Um, But yeah, I think, I think it is about being able to hear your own voice. Um, I think that's, that's a really key element. And I know for me too, it's not even just all negative input. Like sometimes for me, any input is not any input, but any kind of input can feel too much and can Mm. keep me from hearing that voice. Like even if it's good and even if it's helpful, but for me, that just goes back and reinforces what you said earlier. And that makes it just that much more important for me to just be really clear about choosing to keep as much of the stuff that makes me feel crappy out of my life and out of my brain and only make the space for the things that lift me up and feel good and remind me of my fullness and my wholeness and my truth. Yeah. So in other words, like I need to have the time and space for the quiet, the silence, the connection to spirit, soul, self, universe, God, whatever. And I also, just because I know my brain and I know myself and I know my habits, I need to have some time and space for kind of the positive, helpful reinforcement type stuff. So uplifting podcasts or great music or um, people on YouTube that I love that, that, you know, like we were talking about Lee Harris. I love him. He always makes me feel good. He always makes me feel hopeful and safe, you know, so I make time for those things. But so I guess my point is it's like I do need both and it's just really, really helpful for me to even more so limit any of the stuff that brings me down to the degree that I can Mm. because my priority has to be the silence and the time spent with God or spirit or whatever. Yeah. So then that only leaves a little bit for the uplifting helpful stuff. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's really important. I think it is about prioritizing and I've said to you in the past, you know, I've unsubscribed from nearly all the newsletters and a lot of the time it's not because I don't like what's in the newsletters but it's because I need to hear my own voice and especially if I'm in a phase where I'm trying to do a lot of creative work if I'm distracted by other people's thoughts it gets really hard to come up with your own or be clear about your own Mm -hmm. so I agree with that yeah I think it's it's having that focus, isn't it? And um, I mean, for me this year, there's so much that I want to do and I know I'm going to have to be really on my game and prioritise those important, well, the things that are important to me. Um, and I think, you know, the input thing is really a key factor in that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your plans for the year, but I'm wondering if maybe we should have a a different podcast for that because I wanted to circle back too, just to the bit of like, you know, we did say that it would be rambly, but (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> which is fair. It's just fair. It's good. But also just, again, the, the idea of like, I don't know. I feel like it might be helpful if we, if we share some other ideas for what does that look like and, and how can we go about shifting our own consciousness? Because I agree with you a hundred percent. I, it's, it's really easy. I'll just use myself as an example. It's really easy for me to sit here and look at other people and say, well, t- he shouldn't be doing that or she shouldn't be buying that. But <laughs> there's, there's no need for me to look at anybody else. Cause I have no. enough of my own stuff. <laughs> to deal with and to look at more than enough for a lifetime so um oh you know what I do want to say and it's directly related to this I had an experience yesterday that um reminded me I was going to say made me realize but I've already recognized this in the past but it's circling back when something really bothers me about somebody else so let's just um Let's see. I'm trying to think of a random example because <laughs> I don't want to use anybody or anything I know. <laughs> um, okay, let's do this. This one's kind of a silly example, but it's right on the tip of my head. So um, I order beeswax candles from a local um, a lady in Florida. And she sends them. And when she ships them, she puts... Um, I buy the tea lights without containers. So it's just the tea light itself. It's just the beeswax and the wick. Um but she puts them inside a plastic sandwich baggie and it makes me crazy because I don't like the plastic sandwich baggies. I want to get away from using them or buying them or, you know, get away mm. from as much plastic as, in general as I can really. And so instead of me thinking something like, well, God, she really shouldn't be, she really shouldn't be using this crap. I mean, why would she use this stuff to ship it when she could just wrap it in something, you know, like reused tissue paper or old um recycled papers that she has that other people have you know whatever but instead of me looking at her and saying well she shouldn't blah 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 I thought you know what what if I just got some beeswax like a hunk of beeswax locally and learned how to make my own damn candles (laughs) it can't be that hard (laughs) do you know what I mean and that's a silly example but it Again, it's just like I realize if there are things that are coming up in my life that are really irritating me that other people do, like if it's mm. really like if it's bothering me and it's like an ice pick in my head kind of thing or in my heart, that's something for me to look at because there's something for me to adjust in my own life. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I've had this with a couple of people and I couldn't kind of work out why I was having an issue. Um, And then I read a post on Instagram and it was talking about resonance. And it was saying that, you know, if you feel, you know, you're looking at somebody else or you've got um, an interaction with somebody and it's kind of making you feel a bit off in some way or there's something that's triggering you or there's something that you can't understand about the other person about why they would do it they were saying it's sort of it's all about resonance and if you're not on the same frequency then you're going to feel that sort of 
dissonance and it's going to feel out of kilter and I don't know I just found that really helpful because I'd been trying to sort of fathom this conundrum that I had that I was trying to work out why why I was feeling like this and then it sort of just explained it to me that well it's just you're not resonating at the same in the same way um and that's their experience and this is yours and you've just kind of got to live with it and let them get on with their bit and you get on with yours and I don't know that just really helped me um it just just thinking of it in those sorts of terms I like that and that makes me wonder what if it's somebody who's like a really close friend or a family member that you know someone that you really love and and want to be around and spend time around like do you have any thoughts about how you would kind of reconcile those two things well I I mean I think that the whole resonance thing just comes in and I think you've you've got to be aware of because for me it's like a feeling um and it's it's bringing up an an emotion um and I think you've just got to recognize it you've just got to go oh that's that thing again that I've had in the past and there's nothing I can do about it I don't want to say anything and fall out with somebody um but yeah I get this feeling every time um but I think if you just recognize it for what it is and I don't know you understand that there may be at a different point in their life or they've got a different experience in their life you can just kind of park it you don't have to do anything about it you just have to recognize it and just let it go it took me a while to get to that point I don't really want to go into like all the nitty-gritty of it but um yeah it was it was when I kind of understood what was going on and then understood about the resonance thing it was like, well, there's nothing you can do. You've just got to, I don't know, just re- just recognise it and just acknowledge it and then just say, right, I've acknowledged it, that's it. Um, I-, I need to understand things, I think. You know, I try and understand why somebody might not like me or I meet somebody and I immediately think whoa can't spend much time with you or I I need to kind of understand what's gone on um and sometimes you can and sometimes you can't um but yeah I think sometimes it's I think sometimes there are issues that are just about the other person and their life experience that the way they respond to you has nothing to do with you. It's just their life experience. So it's not about you, it's about them. Um, But you can only deal with the way that you respond to things and then find a way of, I don't know, rationalising it or explaining it or coming to terms with it. Um, 
Yeah, I've gone around the houses a bit there, I think, but... No, I I wanted to say I found that really helpful for me personally with my own situation. And yeah, same for me. I don't really want to go into the details necessarily, but um, in public. <laughs> but um, I feel like, so what you were saying made me think, because for me, I think, so I'll see something and I will want to fix it. Like, mm, yeah, I'll see someone <laughs> that I love who, oh my God. I'll see someone I love who's in pain about something and I can see ways that they could fix it, but they just often refuse. Like they just, Mm. and it makes me freaking crazy. And I'm like, what are you doing? You could fix this. Like, why won't you just fix it? And it makes me crazy and I want to fix it for them, but that's me caretaking and that's me stepping into their lane and it's not mine. Mm. It's not mine to deal with. So for me, it's a matter of being able to acknowledge, oh, here's that thing again. You know, here's that thing again that's making me crazy. And then I just need to be able to accept it and take my hands off. Mm. It's not mine. That's their experience. And and I have to trust because I believe that this is true for me. So why wouldn't it be true for other people? I have to trust that we're all having our own experience for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that it's leading to something. Yeah. I mean, I remember my mum, she used to try to intervene so that I avoided bad experiences. But, you know, you can't live someone else's life for them. And some of those experiences have made me the person that I am now. And without some of those experiences, we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation um, because they were the times when I had to dig deep and I came up with stuff that I wouldn't have done without that experience. You know, the whole essence map wouldn't exist if it hadn't been for one particular experience. So, yeah, it's easy to want to dive in and say, oh, let me just sort this out for you. But... um, we all need those experiences and they're all part of our journeys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish sometimes I could pluck in, reach into my brain and pluck out the part of me that wants to fix things for other people. (laughs) It's crazy making. I think it's hard. I I know better. Yeah. I I think it's hard though, isn't it? Because I think it's a, a natural instinct and I'm sure, you know, when you've got children, it's, you you want to keep them out of danger and make them safe and all that sort of stuff and people that you love. Um, I think it's a fine line. Obviously, you know, if someone was going to drive off a cliff, um, yeah. you, you know, you'd pull the handbrake on or, you you know, you try and intervene. But, um, yeah, I think there are some experiences that we just have to go through. Oh boy. <laughs> and that, but that's interesting though, because that, that can take us right back to the whole change in consciousness thing. Because for me at the, at the root of all of this, as relates to this particular topic, I feel like what you said towards the beginning, just, we have to start with ourselves. I think of that Michael Jackson song, man in the mirror. I always think about that. Mm. You have to start with your own self because you can't, I can't change other people. I can't as much as I would like to sometimes. I can barely get a handle on my own stuff. You know what I mean? But Mm. that's where I have to start. 
I have to be, for me, I believe I have to be willing and able to kind of catch myself in my own bullshit and be willing to then look at that and be very, very present with it, very aware of it, and then allow it to shift. Like, yeah. I'll tell you what, a lot of times I literally will talk out loud and I feel like I'm talking to life, to source, spirit, God, whatever. And I'll just say, listen, I can't. I can't with this right now and I need you to help me. <laughs> and I trust that, that that help is available. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I do that as well. I think um, I think sometimes you've got to tap into the wider energy and whatever that energy is. Um, you know, sometimes I think... I mean, it's like, you know, if you go into the whole source energy thing, there's this whole, um, I don't know what they call it, um, field, isn't there? This field of energy that we can actually tap into and we can get answers that we need and we can get the help that we need. Um, And that's, you know, I suppose that's like a bit like manifesting as well, but it's, it's having that that support that we need um but you said something about um connecting to our truth in terms of um you know raising our consciousness and i think a lot of the answers to so many of the things that we're trying to fathom out these days is about that connecting to our truth And I think so many of us have spent a lot of our lives disconnected from our truth. And for me, you know, this year is, I want to really connect as much as I can to my truth and pick myself up in those places where I'm not doing it as much as I should do. But I do think, you know, that is one of the keys as well. Um, and, you know, it ties into doing things that you love doing, doing those things that bring you joy, not spending your life in jobs that you hate. Um, and I know we've all got practicalities, but, you know, I'm just sort of speaking hypothetically in like the best worldview kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I think, again, it, it, you know, it's coming back to those choices that we make and the roots that we take ourselves down. But I do think that connecting to our truth is is a big one. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I just want to, in case there's anybody else out there like me with, because I've always, I don't know, I wanted to say been taught, believed, whatever, that in order to be like a spiritual person, a good person, um, a complete person, like a good human, that it could only look this very small, specific way. Like there's this little box. And if I don't fit in this box, then I'm not considered a spiritual person or or a good human or whatever. And over the course of the past year, as I've kind of reconnected with other parts of myself that I had forgotten, I believe now that that's bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually have a video on this. I recorded a video on YouTube that talked about this a little bit because it's such a big deal to me. I, I feel like the the best and highest that we can be 
is fully ourselves. And that mm. doesn't necessarily look like we're not Stepford wives. It doesn't look like a cookie cutter house next to another cookie cutter house next to another. That's not what it is. We're all very, very different in a lot of ways. We're all very similar in a lot of ways too. But, mm. you know, the fullness of me might not look like what someone would consider spiritual or high vibration or whatever Mm. but that doesn't mean it's not that I believe that as long as we're not hurting ourselves or other people I believe that our fullness our real truth is the highest form of who we are not some like high and mighty holy pious you know perfect yeah none of that 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 the whole idea of that makes me physically gag Mm. I don't believe it's that at all I believe it's just like I said, the fullness and the truth of who we are, whatever that truth entails, as long as it's not hurting, you know, causing damage yeah. for yourself or others. Yeah, I think I I agree. Um, I think Anita Morjani said something similar. She was talking about, um, you know, what it means to be spiritual. And she said something about, you know, being fully yourself. It was something along those lines. And I thought, oh, yeah, you know, that's that's what it is and I mean imagine what the world would look like if people were fully themselves instead of these sort of clones of other people yes copycats yes you know it you see again it's like this is where the whole consciousness thing it it all starts with us as individuals so if you're fully yourself you kind of there's that whole you give permission to other people to be fully themselves and then you've got that as you said domino effect that is spreading this whole wave and yeah I mean the world would look so different if people lived in their truth and sorry I know we're running low on time and I'm trying to watch the time but that just got me excited (laughs) again because that made me think about something else I've been thinking lately which is just like I'm moving myself around if you can hear my chair because I'm excited. Um, Like, if and as we become more that, like more whole and more true to ourselves, I feel like we are... I'm trying to figure out how to... I haven't talked about this yet. I've just been thinking about it. But we're, like, more powerful. Yeah. More magic-full. We're more interconnected with everything I all the stuff that we were talking about earlier and oh I'm afraid I lost what I was gonna say shoot I wish I could go back and replay what you just said (laughs) (laughs) well I suppose it's what when you're fully yourself you know you again it's that whole map of consciousness living from joy and peace and love being in flow and I think it's you know, those moments that I've had when I'm really in alignment and I feel like, wow, I just feel so me and everything just seems to work and it's like you've got that energy field around you that is just all perfect and I don't know, everything just seems to work really well. So, yeah, I think it is. It's you're, you're in your power, aren't you? And um, 
you're not thinking about, oh, what will so-and-so think if I act like this? It doesn't matter. You're just completely centred and aligned. And, yeah, it's something like that, isn't it? Um, Yeah. You're not... You're not behaving in a certain way. You're just being. It's you're not acting. You're just being. Just being. Yes, I love that. I love that. I'm gonna go back and re-listen to this, and if I remember, if it's enough for another podcast, I'll tell you. Otherwise, I'll record a quick YouTube video. <laughs> oh, I got so excited! Dang it. Well, it's. I mean, for me, you know, it, a lot of this is these conversations are just thinking out loud you know some of these ideas are things that I write about and journal about and um you know it's they're not necessarily well formed but some of them are more well formed than others but um yeah it's it's that thinking out loud and um just seeing where we go with it Yeah, that's part of the fun, I think. I do kind of wish, I may start needing to keep a little, I know, I think you keep a little pen and paper or something handy to make notes if you need to. Yeah, 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 I've got quite a few notes here because otherwise I I forget, you know, what you said and what I said and what the idea that sparked and stuff like that. So, so, yeah, I write it all down. (laughs) Well, shall shall we wrap this one up then for today? Yeah, I feel good about this. How do you feel? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I think it's one of those things where there's no real conclusion. Yeah. Um, it's it's like a movable feast. So this is just, you know, what we talk about today, but there could be other conversations on top of this as well. But I think oh, we've, we've... I have no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Right then. Okay. Well, I shall press stop and um, we shall be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Angel and we are thrilled that you're along for the ride with us. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you're notified each time we publish a new one. This is a passion project for both of us. So to find us online, please go to agentlelife.co.uk to find Nicola and to rootedmystic.com to find Angel. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.